Before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made. And God, this morning as we approach your word, we pray that you would give us ears to hear. We pray that you would give us minds to understand, and we pray that you would give us hearts to accept not the lies that we hear around us all the time, but that you would give us hearts that are ready to accept your word, which can save. We pray that you would enable us by your spirit not to merely hear the word, but to be changed by it, that we would be people who actually live what you have said, that our lives would forever be different, and that we would come more and more into the likeness of Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. Has it gone out completely? If it goes out again, that means it's not coming back. Where were we? Verse four. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Turning into Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23, which will be found on page 788 in the Pew Bibles, or 1510 of the large print. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. This is a part of uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read a few things there from Psalms and from the Sermon on the Mount about trees. And we 
have uh, the tree that's planted by the water that actually thrives. It's the one that's away from the water that doesn't. And then Jesus talks about the uh, talks about the, the tree that bears good fruit and the one that doesn't. That's how you tell the difference between what a good tree is and a bad tree is. And of course, we understand that to some extent. But he also says that it's not just about the fruit being on the tree. Here's what I mean. You catch that uh, kind of last part that you talked about of uh, there will be people who actually say, look at what I did, and Jesus will say, I never knew. There are those who will be frauds and imposters, and who will look like they have fruit, but they don't. And here's how I kind of take that as a way of how they make sense, how do you put these together, is that it's not just about there being fruit, but where it comes from. Here's what I mean. You can go down to the local grocery store, and you can buy a bunch of apples, and you can take them into your front yard, and you can hot glue them to your oak tree. <laughs> and only somebody who knows nothing about trees will think that those, that, that fruit belongs there. But anyone who knows anything about oak trees or apple trees will look at that and say, that's not right. Those apples, that fruit, did not come from the roots of that tree. They did not grow there. They have somehow, it's just a fake, it's a fraud. And Jesus said, there will be some people who have some of these deeds that my people have. But they didn't get it from me. They're trying to hot glue it to themselves and look like the real thing when they're not. Don't be like that. The tree that actually thrives, that's actually producing the good fruit, is the kind that's planted by the water. That is actually getting it all from the roots. And it is growing and being changed by it. And so therefore, the fruit is the natural outworking of a tree that is growing healthy and being nourished. We've spent the last two weeks looking at the whole of the Old Testament to see how every bit of it has been pointing to Jesus from the very beginning. And one of the reasons why is because we've said that it's much more about what Jesus has done and is doing than anything that we do. And we really want to wrap our heads around that and get that idea solid because where we're going now is the book of James. The book of James has been called the bossiest book in the Bible. Because there are more commands of this is what you are to be doing and this is what you are not to be doing than any other book uh, of its length. And it's easy to read a book like James and think, oh, so what I need to do is go buy me some apples and start hot gluing them to my tree. It's easy to think that as you read the book of James. And so we have to get very, very firmly grounded in it's not about what we're doing. What James is showing is that it's all about Jesus working in us and us being rooted in him. And if we really are, if Jesus is really working in us, if he is doing things in our life, then we will be doing things. And so as we read through James, it's not a matter of, oh, where can I go get that fruit? It's always back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. Because as we go back to Jesus, and he's working in us, then we will start living out the kinds of things that James is talking about. And when we look at the book of James, when we find ourselves not doing these things that we're supposed to be doing, or when we find ourselves doing the things that we're not supposed to be doing, remember always, back to Jesus, back to Jesus and pray through these things that he will help us to do 
trust in him and not our own selves. We clear on that? I hope so. I think it's kind of good this morning that uh, maybe we didn't have the bulletin, so we've kind of already been in practice this morning of listening for the information that we need. Because this morning we are going to be listening to what James has to tell us. James was telling the church back then, James, by the way, the brother of Jesus, who for a time was one of the leaders, the leader there in the church in Jerusalem. And then, of course, you have a persecution in Jerusalem, and all the Christians leave, but they would have primarily been Jewish Christians. They then have to leave and they're scattered around. So James writes this letter to all of these, uh, all of these Christians that are now scattered everywhere. And he has some things to tell them. But it's also the same thing that God is telling us today. So as we listen, make sure we are listening uh, not merely for information, but that we're listening for a reason. We're listening to actually be the people who live these kinds of lives rooted in Jesus. Here's what he says. James, a servant of God, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business.
my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it's like a like someone who looks in a, at his face in a mirror, and then after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and that religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphan and widow in their distress, orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. And a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, say <coughs> to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen. Dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of this world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he has promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blasting you in the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, You've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. 
Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. And shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and that his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous for what they do, or by what they do, and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did, and she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body, without the spirit, is dead, so faith, without deeds, is dead. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It sets, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring Produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among them? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. For peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? 
You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your, own, on your pleasures. Your adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister, or judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you? Who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rain. You too, be patient and stand firm. The Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else, 
yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Is anyone, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. May we hear this word and live. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.